0: Section 27 of Yiddish Tales this Librivox recording is in the public domain Yiddish Tales translated by Helena Frank and read by Adrian Pretzelis Section 27 As the years roll on by Tashrak Rosalie laid down the cloth with which she had been dusting the furniture in her front parlor And began tapping the velvet covering of the sofa with her fingers. The velvet had worn threadbare in places, and there was a great rent in the middle. Had the rent been at one of the ends it would have been covered with a cushion, but there it was, by bad luck, in the very centre, and making a shameless display of itself. Look, here I am. See, what a rent! Yesterday she and her husband had invited company. The company had brought children, and you never have children in the house without having them leave some mischief behind them. Today the sun was shining more brightly than ever, and lighting up the whole room. Rosalie took the opportunity to inspect her entire set of furniture. Eight years ago, when she was given the set at her marriage—how happy she had been! Everything was so fresh and new. She had noticed before that the velvet was getting worn, and the polish of the chairs disappearing, and the seats losing their spring. But today, all this struck her more than formerly. The holes, the rents, the damaged places stared before them with such malicious mockery, like a poor man laughing at his own evil plight. Rosalie felt a painful melancholy steal over her. Now she could not but see her furniture was old, that she would soon be ashamed to invite people into her parlour, and her husband will be in no hurry to present her with a new one. He has grown so parsimonious of late. She replaced the holland coverings of the sofa and chairs, and went out to do her bedroom. There on a chair lay her best dress, the one she had put on yesterday for her guests. She considered the dress. That too was frayed in places, here and there even drawn together and sewn over. The bodice was beyond ironing out again, and this was her best dress. She opened the wardrobe, for she wanted to make a general survey of her belongings. It was such a light day! One could see even in the back rooms. She took down one dress after another, and laid them out on the maid beds, observing each with a critical eye. Her sense of depression increased the while, and she felt as though stone on stone were being piled upon her heart. She began to put the clothes back into the wardrobe, and she hung up every one of them with a sigh. When she had finished with the bedroom she went into the dining-room and stood by the sideboard in which were set out her best china service and coloured plates. She looked them over. One little gold-rimmed cup had lost its handle. A bowl had a piece glued in at the side. On the top shelf stood the statuette of a little god with a broken bow and arrow in his hand, and here there was one little goblet missing out of a whole service. As soon as everything was in order Rosalie washed her hands and face, combed up her hair, and began to look at herself in a little hand-glass. But the bathroom to which she had retired was dark, and she betook herself into the front parlour, towel in hand, where she could see herself in the big looking-glass on the wall. Time which had left traces on the furniture, on the contents of the wardrobe, and on the china, had not spared the woman though she had been married only eight years. She looked at the crow's feet by her eyes, and the lines in her forehead which the worrying thoughts of this day had imprinted there even more sharply than usual. She tried to smile, but the smile in the glass looked no more attractive than if she had given her mouth a twist. She remembered that the only way to remain young is to keep free from care. But how is one to set about it?" She threw on a scarlet Japanese kimono, stuck an artificial flower into her hair, after which she lightly powdered her face and neck. The scarlet kimono lent a little colour to her cheeks, and another critical glance at the mirror convinced her that she was still a comely woman, only no more a young one. The bloom of youth had fled, never to return. The Fallon, and the desire to live was stronger than ever, even to live her life over again from the beginning, sorrows and all. She began to reflect what she should cook for supper. There was time enough, but she must think of something new. Her husband was tired of her usual dishes. He said her cooking was old-fashioned, that it was always the same thing day in and day out. His taste was evidently getting worn out too, and she wondered what she could prepare so as to win back her husband's former good temper and affectionate appreciation. At one time he was an ardent young man with a fiery tongue. He had great ideals, and he strove high. He talked of making mankind happy, more refined, more noble and free. He had dreamt of a world without tears and troubles, of a time when men should live as brothers, and jealousy and hatred should be unknown. In those days he loved with all the warmth of his youth, and when he talked of love it was a delight to listen. The world grew to have another face for her then, life another significance paradise was situated on the earth gradually his ideals lost their freshness their shine wore off and he became a business man racking his brain with speculations trying to grow rich without the necessary qualities and capabilities and he was left at last with prematurely grey hair as the only result of his efforts Eight years after their marriage he was as worn as their furniture in the front parlor. Rosalie looked out of the window. It was even much brighter outside than indoors. She saw people going up and down the street with different anxieties reflected in their faces, with wrinkles telling different histories of the cares of life. She saw old faces and the young faces of those who seemed to have tasted of age ere they reached it. Everything is old and worn and shabby, whispered a voice in her ear. A burst of childish laughter broke upon her meditations. Round the corner with a rush, a lot of little boys with books under their arms, their faces full of the zest of life, and dancing and jumping till the whole street seemed to be jumping and dancing too. Elder people turned smilingly aside to make way for them. Among the children Rosalie espied two little girls, also with books under their arms, her little girls, and the mother's heart suddenly brimmed with joy. A delicious warmth stole into her limbs and filled her being. Rosalie went to the door to meet her two children on their return from school, and when she had given each little face a motherly kiss she felt a breath of freshness and new life blowing round her. She took off their cloaks and listened to their childish prattle about their teachers and the day's lessons. The clear voices rang through the rooms, awakening sympathetic echoes in every corner. The home wore a new aspect, and the sun shone even more brightly than before, and in a more friendly, kindly fashion. The mother spread a little cloth at the edge of the table, gave them milk and sandwiches, and looked at them as they ate, each child the picture of the mother, her eyes, her hair, her nose, her looks, her gestures. They ate just as she would do, and Rosalie feels much better and happier. She doesn't care so much now about the furniture being old, the dresses worn, the china service not being whole, about the wrinkles round her eyes and in her forehead. She only minds about her husband being so worn out, so absent-minded that he cannot take pleasure in the children as she can. End of As the Years Roll On by Tashrak